Reading excerpts from Luke 9, from verses 10 through 17, it says, When the apostles returned, they told Jesus everything they had done. Then he slipped quietly away with them towards the town of Bethsaida. But the crowds found out where he was going, and they followed him, and he welcomed them, teaching them about the kingdom of God and carrying those who were ill. Late in the afternoon, the twelve disciples came to him and said, Send the crowds away to the nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. There is nothing to eat here in the desert place. But Jesus said, You feed them. Impossible, they protested. We have only five loaves of bread and two fishes. Or are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for these whole crowd? For there were about 5,000 men there. Jesus tells them to sit down on the ground. Jesus tells them to sit down on the ground in groups of about 50. Jesus replied, So the people all sat down. Jesus took five loaves and two fishes, looked up toward heaven, and asked God's blessings on the food. Breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fishes to the disciples to give to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and they picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Note, this episode demonstrates once again Jesus' desire to meet the needs of various levels, in various levels, at various levels. In feeding the 5,000, he supplied even their most basic need, food. Before this incident, Jesus had been dealing primarily with problems that, that had called for physicians' healing. Notice also that during this incident, Jesus met the intellectual and emotional needs of his disciples. God will ultimately meet our spiritual needs for a right relationship with him. The restoration that Jesus, the Messiah, offers touches every area of life. In verses 9, excuse me, verses 23 to 27, it reads, Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about this, for I, the Son of Man, must suffer many terrible things, he said. I will be rejected by the leaders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. I will be killed, but three days later, I will be raised from the dead. Then he said to the crowd, If any one of you want to be my follower, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose or forfeit your own soul in the process? If a person is ashamed of me and my message, I, the Son of Man, will be ashamed of that person. When I return in my glory and in the glory of the Father and in the holy angels, and I assure you that some of you standing here right now will not die before you see the kingdom of God. Amen. In verses 28, that, I mean 23 to 27, in this classic confrontation of wills, Jesus shows the critical importance of submitting our wills to God's will. Jesus has a prior claim on the lives of his followers, a claim that supersedes all personal conveniences or desires. Cleaning to the conveniences of our world and the desires of the flesh may destroy our very lives. 
paradoxically giving up one's life in a relationship with God through Jesus is the only sure way of finding ultimate and meaning and purpose. This teaching stands opposed to our natural inclinations and can only be accepted by faith. But if we are willing to submit our wills to God's will, we will begin to experience the meaningful life that God wants us to have. Amen. The meaningful life that God wants us to have. For instance, the scripture on Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That sounds like a lot of abundant life to me. Praise God. We will take it, won't we? And now on verses 28 and 36 of chapter 9, let's go ahead and read that. About eight days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothing became dazzling white. Then two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. They were glorious to see, and they were speaking of how he was about to fulfill God's plan by dying in Jerusalem. Peter and the others were very drowsy and had fallen asleep. Now they woke up and saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing with him. As Moses and Elijah were starting to leave, Peter, not even knowing what he was saying, blurred out, Master, this is wonderful. We will make three shrines, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. But even as he was saying this, a cloud came over them and terror gripped them as it covered them. Then a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom my chosen one, listen to him. When the voice died away, Jesus was there alone. They didn't tell anyone what they had seen until long after this happened. Amen and amen. Note. While initially impressions do mean a lot, initial impressions and white, and while many judge others based on appearance, things often are not as they initially appear to be. All the transfiguration, Peter relied too much on first impressions and outward appearance, so he jumped to some foolish conclusion. Here, two great Old Testament prophets appear to be in the pair of, in par with Jesus, yet God's voice and later events confirmed that Jesus, unlike Moses and Elijah, was in reality God himself. To progress spiritually, we need to spend our human judgment and listen to God. Or just be anonymously humble, reporting the good news of the kingdom. You know, it was a good, they needed to witness that, and they needed to write about Jesus, that uh, the baton was being passed on to Jesus, that they were talking about his willing death in Jerusalem. That right there for us ought to give us goosebumps, and so we start jumping up and down that we have been chosen for the kingdom of God and for her God's work, just like the apostles. That's what we're busy about. We're busy about praying for others, 
praying for their salvation and being a good uh, servant and demonstrating our love through service and having patience with others with uh, no, no kind of gossip, just blessings and stories and, and being human in our humanness. So let's go ahead and pray out with the Our Father, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working.